0: Welcome to While Doing Laundry, a podcast for parents with mountains of laundry and a heart for change. I'm your host, Emily Edwards, and I'll be your guide on this weekly ethical exploration of parenthood. I'm a nurse, a mom, and a fierce advocate for choice. When I became a parent, I quickly realized I had overestimated how much I knew about anything that actually mattered and underestimated the sheer volume of laundry I would have to deal with. So if you're anything like me, I'm ready to challenge those old beliefs, learn new ways to view the world, and finally feel like you're embracing the massive, messy transformation that is parenthood, don't go anywhere. Grab your laundry basket and some earbuds, and let's get started listening to this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of While Doing Laundry. It's your host Emily and I am here this week to talk all about birth trauma. What is it? It kind of feels like a buzzword. It's this, you know, what is this term? And furthermore, are you experiencing that? The way I like to phrase how birth trauma makes you feel, before we dive into these statistics and those official definitions around it, I want to ask you one question. Did your birth mess you up? If you feel like answering yes, or you want to say, hey, does this count? Then I would consider that to be some sort of birth trauma. There are very specific definitions around what birth trauma is, but what we do know, it is often very much underreported in many scenarios. And even when it is reported, it may not be captured as such. It may be dismissed or um, kind of the person is placated and made to feel as as if it's not a big deal. And what happens because of that is there is not an accurate representation of how frequently people are being traumatized during their birth experience. When I was working in long-term care and specifically in the dementia care space, we use the term lived experience or someone's life history or their life story or an all about me to understand what had happened in that person's life before getting to us, before meeting us where they were in that moment, what stories had shaped them. A vast majority of the work that my team did was learning those stories and then amplifying them. So staff around this individual knew who they were and could appreciate why they may be behaving or doing certain things. What we to learn is what someone did in their life, be it a profession or their day-to-day habits, had a huge impact on what type of behaviors you would see when they were living with dementia. But more importantly, we needed to know what their traumas were. We needed to know those points in their life where there were massive transitions that may not have gone smoothly and may have left them in some sort of suffering. And I can honestly tell you, that is such a massive piece of who we are and who we become as we evolve through life. And there's never a scenario where knowing someone's life history or lived experience isn't going to benefit you as a care provider. And I find it so strange that the space and the care that's provided within the perinatal time, so that's kind of around the time you're getting pregnant, the time you're pregnant, giving birth and kind of raising that um, young baby. I find it very strange that we do not consider someone's lived experience as much as we do in other areas because it is so, so intertwined with how we are going to experience our care and our birth and how we're parenting and all of those choices. So why would we not do everything we can to become not only trauma-informed care providers, but to become just so good at it, so understanding, and always placing that person's needs at the front and center of a care plan? Then what are we doing? I love educating consumers of healthcare because I think challenging healthcare head on in this way by saying, hey, I know this isn't what you normally do, but I think this is how it should be done. And furthermore, it's how I want it done will promote so much change in this space. And trauma-informed care is part of that. Speaking up where you can, where you feel safe to do so, is a wonderful and powerful way to shape the system. But what I also know is it's very difficult to do that and it certainly is not your responsibility. It should be placed on your care provider. So this discussion, this episode is going to just be about all of the ways that birth trauma can creep up and creep into your birth experience and how you can protect yourself from that. And it also will cover, uh, I'll do that right away, is cover that definition, that official definition of what birth trauma is, and then we'll explore from there. Because, as we can tell, what lived experience is, is going to be very different than what this definition uh, tells us. So... It's considered or thought that between 25 and 34 percent of women uh, report that their births were traumatic. This is pulled from a document created by Penny Simkin, who is a leader in um, just trauma informed care in the birth space. She was a doula um, and she, she's she been a, really on the forefront of research and uh, dissemination of research in this space. So birth trauma um, in this document she said 25 to 34%. And I really am a believer that that is a highly underestimated number and that we know people underreport. And furthermore, it gets unreported by the care providers who have who are the recipients, the first recipients of that complaint. So this, um, again, is, is I think on the, the very low side of what actually happens, but what our most recent statistics show. And it's said, uh, birth is said to be traumatic when the individual, so that is the mother, the birthing person, the father, or the birth partner, or, you know, the the other parent parental role in that space, um, or other witness. So that could be um, other friends and family. It could be a birth professional. This even could be a um, healthcare provider in that space as well. um, Believes the mother or the birth, sorry, the birthing person's or the baby's life is in danger, or that a serious threat to that the birthing person or the baby's physical or emotional integrity existed. So that really does encompass so much, but we it seems like it could be very narrow and it often is interpreted through a very narrow lens that people think you must feel that life was in danger and it was a very scary serious thing but what we fail to include in a that stereotypical view is the fact that a threat to your emotional integrity existed that is all that needs to happen for you to be traumatized in that scenario and i want you to reflect on What a threat to your own emotional integrity would look like. I know for me, after hours, like literally years of conversations about my own birth experience, and then going through this process with others, I can tell you that threat would look like being told, no, you are not allowed to do something. That would be in direct conflict with my personal values, my core values of autonomy, and that would threaten my emotional integrity, and it would absolutely erode any relationship I had with my care provider. I can tell you that um, any even conversation around a cervical exam, if I already expressed that I didn't want one, would also... um, include that and I would dare say that would infringe on the physical space too because of the fact that you're talking about you know invading my body emotional integrity can be you know mocking you it can be eye rolling it basically is that feeling of being made fun of it can be that feeling of belittling so you can see how this definition, when described using these examples and these words, is very broad. And there is a good chance that if you are still feeling icky about the birth experience you had, there's a good chance there is more to the story that would help you really release all of those icky feelings. When I talk about icky feelings, it's, um, I find that a lot of people really connect with that. What lies underneath of it includes shame. It includes disappointment, includes anger. It includes confusion. It taught like just that feeling of violation or something isn't right with this. As birth experiences get unburied, You find that that simple overview of, well, I was overdue, so I got induced, and then the induction, then I failed uh, in getting the induction, or my induction failed. That's usually the term, sorry, my induction failed. Um, And then it was failure to progress, and then it was a C section. That is typically the rundown. That is the story that people carry in their heart of the day that they give birth. In the business world, we call it the elevator pitch. It's that quick 30-second rundown of, you know, what happened? Who am I? This is what it is, and this is where I'm at. And that sucks. It sucks that that is the story that you feel like you just have to blurt out and shut down. When in fact, that story is full of of lived experience. It's full of stories and many moments where you championed for what you wanted, where you listened to your body and knew what you needed. But in between those moments was a really, really fucked up system that left you completely broken. That induction to cesarean birth story starts long before the day you're induced. It starts with planting seeds and questioning what your body is capable of or whether it's capable of doing something. Let me tell you, as a very type A person, I am in an enneagram three wing four, which means I am a, um, I think it's actually that combo is called a thought leader. Uh, but the three is so like, just rule focused and like validation and being right and achieving. And the idea of not being capable of something or being challenged on whether or not I could do it and not getting the validation and the support from my team would absolutely um, start chipping away at my self belief. And I know, again, many of the people I work directly with in birth processing. The, the professions they come from and the, the type of person and personality traits that they identify are people, they're high achievers. They have ambitious goals for themselves, which they frequently and easily meet. They are not afraid of hard work. But they expect certain outcomes. And when they get Placed in this environment where they very much feel out of control and overwhelmed, and really, quite frankly, just inept in that space. I I think the term that I I heard recently and I loved was they felt clueless. And that is absolutely to be expected. You're not a perinatal professional, you are not in healthcare, even if you are in healthcare and you don't work in labor and delivery, and you haven't since school you are going to feel, like I said, pretty clueless about what's happening. And it is not your fault that you don't know how to protect your space in that environment. Yes, you can see how in that environment, you are going to feel overwhelmed. You are going to feel lost. You are going to look for guidance in the places that you trust and that is your care provider. That's your care team. But unfortunately, they are not the person or the place that you really need to lean into. You need to learn how to lead them. And that is a pretty daunting task. And you can imagine how that can lead to traumatic experiences within the birth space. But more importantly, if that care team If they don't intimately know you and know your needs, know what you want and what scares you and what you need to feel safe, they have, the only thing they have to work with are their routine practices and policies and procedures. And that is the umbrella answer to everyone that is presented to them. Your birth experience really happened and it was a really big deal. I see you. Biting back tears when you hear a good birth story. And passionately protecting others on any social media thread you can. I get it. The guilt and a sense of failure still grips you. Unbury Your Birth is here to make you feel radically seen and validate your birth experience. And I've got you. The signature unbury your birth process frees you from the heaviness that you may not even know exists is preventing you from enjoying parenthood fully. You can really unbury your birth and take back the power you deserve. You may not know where to begin, but I do. I've developed a clear, simple, repeatable process to deconstruct your birth story and give you back the power within it. Join me for a transformative six-week program designed to give you the clarity, validation, and freedom from the day you gave birth to be able to move on to the rest of your life. Unbury Your Birth was created just for you. Your birth story is worthy of being heard. Join a group of people just like you to process and redefine your birth experience. A um, barrier Birth is currently open for enrollment. We get started on June 17th at 12.30 p.m. So make sure that you book your enrollment call now. Space is limited. And if you want to get in on this experience, the six weeks to processing, your birth your parents feeling let down by their birth experience, you absolutely want to head to the show notes right now and click on that link. Book a time to chat with me one-on-one and discover if it really is time to unbury your birth. Remember, you didn't fail. You were failed. And this is the way to move on. Now back to this week's episode of While Doing Laundry. But it is possible for you to redefine that and to come with very clear expectations. But that is a a discussion for another day. This is focused on birth trauma in particular. And I do want to talk about where there are moments that it happens frequently where I have, again, this is very much an anecdotal Um, Observation, but combined with what we know from uh, birth trauma research, there is trauma in the transition. Any time you are transitioning, I am not speaking about specifically um, in the labor process because that's a it does happen there as well, and I'll I'll touch on that. But I mean transitioning from one care provider to another, one environment to another, one phase of labor to another, one shift of nurses to another. Those are all points of transition. And in those moments when there is a handoff, we also know in all other places in healthcare, well, well well-documented, well-supported by the Registered Nurses of Ontario, by our unions, by our nursing education and scholars and academics, that we drop the ball when it comes to transitions. And that is where poor patient outcomes are really born, when our communication is not clear, when we do not champion the relationships of the team, and when we do not place our patient or our client or the person we are caring for at the center of the exchange. A transition is not a piece of paper. Yes, that is an important part of it. That is how we make sure communication is clear and the entire team is on the same page. But What I'm talking about is it's a little harder to put your finger on. It feels kind of um, abstract maybe, but there's an exchange of energy that happens too. because when it comes to birth, there's space that needs to be held and that space is for you to do your thing. All of those aspects of the majority other than the transitions in birth, um, you know, those are all external factors. They have nothing to do with you. They're all system led and they're all for the system's benefit. And ideally, you know, none of us would have to transition to hospital if we were well on our way to giving birth and we didn't want to leave home. But if we didn't plan a home birth, if we did not prepare for a home birth, and if we don't have access to care providers who handle home birth, then we need to transition to hospital where we feel that that is our best option. Sometimes what happens, there's a traumatic experience because we feel as if, you know, we've waited too long and you're actively laboring in the car, you know, those crazy stories you hear where a baby's born in the hallway. But more often than not, what happens is you present to the hospital and you're dismissed. You're told that you don't need to be there yet, that you really aren't in labor Or let's just see what's going on. And again, you go through the process of getting excited and then feeling disappointed. That transition plants the seed for future difficulties, future disappointments, and ultimately it invites that harm and trauma into your experience. Not you, you did not invite that in, but the setup of the system. Transitions when we... My own story with my second, actually, third birth experience. I needed to be an automatic transfer of care from my midwife team to the hospital staff team when I arrived at the hospital. Regardless of the fact that I had had a relatively healthy, normal pregnancy, I had already given birth vaginally um, after my first cesarean. So, this was my second feedback I was planning. And the fact that, like, I just, I didn't want the transition. I did not want the transfer of care and I didn't think it was appropriate, but it was the, again, I have learned things since, but the, the setup in that environment felt, left me feeling as if that was my only choice. But what I did was planned around it. I made it very clear. Again, is that communication amongst the team of this is what I expect. And I expect it regardless of who's going to be leading my care. This is my expectation. And that clarity only came through understanding what happened the first time in my birth and where the, the trauma happened for me, which again, were the transition points. And lastly, I wanted to touch on the actual transitions of phases of labor. So often what happens again in the hospital setting is you may be laboring very, very well in the bathroom. Perhaps you're in the shower and then all of a sudden things change you feel different, you feel a little anxious, you start to feel scared, you're in transition. That's what's happening almost, again, I cannot speak to everyone's experience, but typically around that 8 to 10 centimeter point, you feel as if you're leaving your body. And that can feel very scary. That is another point of knowing your personal history and understanding what makes you feel safe or perhaps what other traumas you've had in your life and understanding what kind of support and uh, knowledge and wisdom you need in that moment. Do you need a hands-on care team that bring you back as close to earth and grounding you as possible? Or do you need people to let you work through whatever is happening there with you know, reassurance from a distance? There's a lot of options, but again, what typically happens is people get scared Birth partners may get nervous and everyone tries to move you back to the bed. Then all of a sudden, things aren't going as smoothly as they had been in the bathroom. And when you think about it, our primitive brain, the part of our brain that is needs to be the one leading birth, can take over and does take over, especially during transition. But when we are brought out of that space and we're transitioned into usually bright light, different smells different sounds, and told what to do, we are being pulled to our decision-making brain. And that screws everything up. But it makes many people feel then that they have failed at something, but in reality, they were interrupted. So these have been tons of examples of where trauma happens, especially in the transitions. And It really highlights, again, what we already know, that patient outcomes suffer, um, especially with uh, transfers of care and whatnot, but also that it's called continuity of care. It doesn't just have to do with the physical transition or the handing off of information but it is the fact that the care provider who got to know you very, very well is not the one leading the care. And ideally, that person is someone who can advocate and who listens to your voice. Thanks for listening to While Doing Laundry. I hope you're feeling enlightened and your own pile of clothing is a little bit smaller. If you love what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you hit subscribe and left a quick rating and review so more people just like you can explore parenthood while doing laundry.